Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hey, Ira Plato here, host of the public radio program Science Friday. Yes, I know you're probably used to hearing me on my weekly show about curious science topics, but I'm here because we actually teamed up with Curious City to answer a question about coyotes here in Chicago. It was part of our live show at the Harris Theater, and we're going to share my interview with Chris Anker. He's a biologist with the Urban Coyote Project. His team actually tracks the coyote population here in Chicago, and they've learned all kinds of stuff about how the coyotes behave. But before I spoke with Chris Anker, I sat down with Curious City editor Alexandra Salomon and Devin Henderson. He's the one that asked the question. Here's Devin. Um, So I was going down Lakeshore Drive one day in a cab. It was one morning about a year ago. And I saw on the side of the window what I first thought was a dog walking down the, uh, one of the roads along Lakeshore. And then I realized this was a coyote. So like any good, you know, outstanding Chicago citizen, I pulled out my phone and thought, you know, I'll, I'll look up animal control about this. And on their website, they basically said, don't call us about coyotes unless, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't call us about coyotes unless there's a problem. You wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> so seeing a coyote in Chicago is not considered a problem. Exactly. That's, that's what I was surprised to learn because I, th- I thought it would be. Um, so then I submitted a question to Curious City asking um, about yeah, Chicago actually tracks and, um, and kind of protects their coyote population. So I was asking about um, why Chicago does that and, you know, details about uh, mm. that program. That is interesting. Did you find that as an interesting question? Yeah, very much so. And it's actually a question, we've had a lot of questions about coyotes. I think a lot of people have seen them. Um, a lot of people wanting to know, did the city bring them here intentionally uh, to control the rodent population? That's a speculation a lot of people had. Um, so, yeah, it was a very good question. Did you tell your friends about this? Do you talk about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, uh, I posted on Facebook when, you know, I saw it. I said something like, is it normal to see coyotes, uh, you know, in Chicago? And then, you know, a few people chimed in like, yes, it actually is. There was an occasion uh, about 10 years ago where one wandered into a Quiznos and crawled into the, uh, the drink cooler to cool off. <laughs> Well, if, if it's normal to have cubs in Chicago, why not coyotes? You know, I think. So, well, thank you both for taking time to come down and talk about uh, what you do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, David, thank you. Devin Henderson and Alexander Solomon, who's the editor for Curious City. Now, we've been talking about coyotes. We've whetted your appetite, right, about coyotes in Chicago. I want to introduce a guest who can tackle that question about the urban coyote. And we want to hear your questions about coyotes in the city, too. Have you seen one? Have you all seen one? Yeah. yeah. Trotting around the neighborhood. So pick, pick up one of the mics on the sides if you have a question about them, and we'll try to get an answer. Let me introduce uh, Chris Anker, a wildlife biologist with the Urban Coyote Project. Welcome to the program. Hello. 
Tell, tell us a bit about the, the project. What is the project? So the uh, Chicago Urban Coyote Project was a uh, systematic uh, attempt to try and understand why coyotes were uh, being found throughout the Chicago land area, particularly the urban areas. So for approximately 15 years before the inception of the Coyote Project, which began in the year uh, 2000, we were, the Forest Preserve District that I work for, uh, was accepting uh, coyotes that were found in the city of Chicago and the city of Aurora we, because we thought that they were lost. So we would take those coyotes and we would take them to the remote areas of the Chicagoland area, agricultural areas, and we would put radio collars on them to try and figure out wh- what would happen to them, where, were they, where they would go. And in the course of approximately 40 animals that we translocated, every single animal went right back to where it was found or died trying to get there. (laughs) So what we found out was is that they were not lost at all, that they were actually living amongst us, and we were clueless. We didn't know what was going on. So how many, how many, you call them coyotes. Is it coyotes or coyote? Which is the better way? Both are perfectly acceptable. Okay. There are uh, 2,000 Coyotes living in Chicago? That would be a, a rough estimate, yes. Could be more. Or it could be less, yes. Could be, could be less. And, yeah. um, and they showed up early. In, how far back there's, there's a history of them showing up? Yeah, here. so uh, coyotes and uh, white-tailed deer, giant Canada geese, beavers, all disappeared in the Chicagoland area about 100 years ago, for the most part. And every one of those species returned to the greater Chicagoland area, the southern Great Lakes Basin, uh, during the late 70s, early 80s. And they all reestablished themselves amongst us. They were not reintroduced. They actually are adaptable enough to live amongst us and um, actually exploit unused habitats and uh, resources. Is there a rule of thumb to how to deal if you see a coyote, how to approach it or not approach it? Yeah, the vast majority of the coyotes are living amongst us, and folks have no idea that they're even there. Generally, if you run across a coyote, you should just enjoy it. Um, you always want to stay bigger and badder than the coyote. You never want to show fear to any animal uh, in general. Obviously, any coyote that, uh, or any wild animal that is injured or uh, sick should be avoided. Of all the coyotes that we've handled, we've handled over 1,200 coyotes now. Literally, a handful of coyotes have gotten in trouble. Wow. Uh, actually had negative interface with, uh, with folks. Do they have any predators in the city? Um, well, an adult coyote has about the only predator in the city is a GMC pickup truck. <laughs> you mean they get killed by cars and trucks yes. more than anything else? Absolutely, right. Wow. And, and is there any part of Chicago where they hang out more than any other part of Chicago? They concentrate in any of the areas that you have some sort of a greenway or, or um, some place where they can move. So it would be along the lakefront, it would be railroad tracks, uh, right-of-ways, uh, power line right-of-ways, right. things like that. All right, let's go to audience questions. Yes, who's got a question in the audience from the microphone? I think I know the coyotes that live in Graceland Cemetery and on Ravenswood at Wilson and like Wilson and Ravenswood, but are generally the city coyotes um, bigger than country ones? Because on the farm, the coyotes I see are really scrawny, and the couple that I see on Ravenswood and up there are, they look like big, built German shepherds. Um, Are they just eating a lot of food, or are they mating with German shepherds, or... (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a couple of questions there. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, the last question about are they mating with, uh, with German shepherds. So I, I've been in this job since 1986, and in that time I've literally handled thousands of coyotes, and I've never encountered a dog-coyote hybrid. That typically happens when coyotes first extend their range into an area where there are no coyotes and there's a, a lack of suitable mates. So for that first generation, you'll find coyotes and dogs will breed together. But then after that, there's more than enough coyotes for them to breed. Uh, to answer the first part of your question, um, coyotes in our area, whatever genetic potential they have, there's so much protein and carbohydrate available to them in the course of their life they tend to be on the large size compared to what an animal would be, say, out in um, Nebraska or Colorado or Kansas or something like that. It's the same animal. It, they just don't have access to as much protein and carbohydrate as they do here. All right, let's get another question from the audience. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I used to uh, walk a dog along the lakefront, and whenever we'd see another dog, this dog went nuts. But when we see a coyote, which happened a number of times, the dog, it was like that animal didn't exist at all. Can you explain why it is that the dog really didn't even seem to see the coyote? Um, well, I can't speak canine, but um, <laughs> I can only imagine it would have to do with uh, dominance and hierarchy within the canine group. So a dog likes to go after another dog to try and be the the biggest, baddest animal, the alpha, let's say. Um, a coyote is probably exerting in some fashion a communication to, to the dog that I'm not to be messed with. I get people, folks coming to me all the time saying, well, my, my German Shepherd or Rottweiler weighs 120 pounds and your coyote only weighs 30 pounds and my dog is going to win. Well, it's not because the coyote is out there scrapping every day uh, fighting and trying to find his food, and he's just going to rip your dog up. So, And I, and I might add that this was a Rottweiler. Yeah. <laughs> you have a very intelligent Rottweiler. One last question for you that I wondered about the first time I saw one of the many coyotes in my backyard, which is I'm fearful that they're carrying rabies. Like, you know, we're always fearful that wild animals don't go near them. They're carrying rabies. Are coyotes carrying rabies? That's an excellent question. So it depends on what part of uh, North America you're in. In the southern Great Lakes Basin, where Chicagoland is, uh, rabies is endemic or typically found in bats and skunks. What that means is that although a coyote or any mammal can get rabies, just like a human, they're not going to transmit it. They're going to die. So if you're going to get rabies in the Chicagoland area, chances are it's going to be a bat. That's the good news. That's, that's the good news. Thank you. I learned a lot. Did you learn a lot? Wow. Chris Anker, wildlife biologist with the Urban Coyote Project based out of Chicago. Thank you very much, again, for taking time to be with us today. Thank you. The Urban Coyote Project says they are really just at the beginning of what they hope to learn about how these coyotes managed to make a life in the Chicago area. And during our event, we showed a video produced by Curious City. The team went out with the Urban Coyote Project and followed them around as they were tracking coyote pups. And it's worth watching just to see those coyote pups. Here's how our audience reacted. Oh. 
You don't want to miss it. Today's Curious City was reported by me, Ira Flato, as well as Catherine Nagasawa and Jesse Dukes. Support for Curious City comes from the Conant Family Foundation, and you can listen to our full show at Chicago's Harris Theater at sciencefriday.com. The show features Eugenia Chang and Edre Goines talking about how abstract math can offer insights into social injustice. And an arts curator who uses infrared to see the first draft of famous paintings. Check it out at sciencefriday.com. I'm Ira Flato. Hi, I'm Alexandra Solomon. Over the last year, I've edited stories for Curious City about why boys used to swim naked in Chicago's public schools until the 1970s. And it, it seemed like torture. The girls get swimsuits and we didn't. Why was that the case? It didn't make much sense to us. Or the story of the former Japanese community in Lakeview. My father-in-law actually went so far as to tell his children, you are not going to learn Japanese. And they wanted to assimilate so badly. Curious City has a team of four dedicated to answering your questions about Chicago and the region, and we need your help to sustain that. Over half of WBEZ's budget comes from listener donations. So if you're not already a member, please consider going to wbez.org curious and making a donation. And if you make a gift of $3.50 a month or more, we'll send you a special Curious City poster with illustrations of all six tunnel systems below downtown Chicago. Anybody who pledges through the Curious City portal will be entered into a drawing to win an afternoon with the Curious City team. You'll sit in on one of our edits and see how the podcast gets put together. And we'll hang out and, of course, answer your questions. To make your donation today, go to wbez.org slash curious. And thank you. Next time on Curious City, it's summertime and people are going to the beach. Sometimes they bring flotation devices like water wings, noodles, and kickboards with them. One listener thought those kinds of floaties made swimmers safer in the water. But water safety experts disagree. These toys can actually pose some hazards that most people are not aware of. Like, for example, letting parents think they don't have to watch their kids. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.